welcome to a wee blether about podcast from the academic skills team at UWS. My name is Linda Riches and I'm one of the academic skills advisors at the university. Today we're going to continue our blethering about dissertations or final research projects, whatever you want to call them. Last time we had a look at getting started and just a sort of an overview of what a dissertation is. Today we're going to delve into the literature review to try and understand a little bit more about what that section is all about. As always, I'm joined by Dr. Kevin Wilson. Hi, Kevin. Hi there. And Ben Farrer. Hi, Ben. Hi. Hi, my fellow academic skills advisors. And once again, um, she was on a previous podcast and she's back by popular demand, Caitlin um, McCulloch, who is one of our UWS librarians. Hi, Caitlin. Hi. And she's going to help us out because she gets a lot of um, inquiries and questions about literature reviews as well. So as we mentioned last time, it's really important to stress that these blethers are fairly general and they're not designed to replace a dissertation supervisor. In fact, we'll probably do a separate podcast just chatting through that that kind of relationship with the supervisor. Um, You know, supervisors are great for talking to you in much more detail about your topic. Whereas what we're really looking at is a bit more about the structure and some of the basic things that you want to be thinking about. Um, But we've all done dissertations ourselves, so we have a sort of knowledge um, of the the structures and and of the different things that you need to think about. So we'll have a a look at the literature review. I suppose we better start off saying what a literature review is and maybe importantly what it's not. Um, Ben, did you want to kick off on this and just give us an idea of what is a literature review for anyone that has heard the term but doesn't really know what it is? Um, Yeah, sure. I mean, generally, um, a literature review is just you looking at um, whatever has already been written on the topic that you've chosen. So once you've got your, we talked a little bit about in the last episode about um, your sort of general topic and you know roughly what you're going to be looking at for your dissertation, then obviously you want to try and know as much about that topic as you can, um, either because your dissertation is going to take the form of a literature review. So you're going to pick a topic and you're going to read everything about it and you're going to um, correlate all of that and and figure out what it says, or because you want to go and do some kind of original research. And as a result, you need the bedrock of what we already know so you can go and find out something new and that kind of thing. So generally, that's um, sort of it in a nutshell. So you'll go through um, a process of figuring out what it is that you want to look at. You'll go through a process of figuring out what specifically it is that you want to search for, the kind of words that you want to use, um, maybe specific databases and that kind of thing. And then you'll go through, read everything that you can, and then keep track of, of how it all links together. And then essentially try and explain it to someone who doesn't have that expertise that you have, essentially. So you want someone to be able to um, read your literature review and to be able to take all of the key points that you've gone away and you've found out and uh, and sort of have it explained to them so that then when they do look at your project, they have a sort of similar level of understanding to, to what you do about the topic and they understand the key, the key parts of it. So that's kind of, yeah. I suppose, how I would think about a literature review. Yeah. And Caitlin, you have quite a good little analogy around what a literature review is that you find quite helpful when you're explaining it to students. Could you could you share that with us? Yeah. Um, so it's sort of like, say you're going to an event or a party or something and, and you arrive and maybe there's a group of people already having a conversation about a topic. If you just sort of crash in with whatever you know about the topic, um, you're kind of not really thinking about maybe what they've already discussed 
what their ideas already are. So really what you do is you kind of listen into the conversation and take the key points and then you would sort of um, add your contribution to the discussion. And I think a literature review is sort of the academic version of that. And I think it can sound quite scary when we talk about, you know, finding all the key points and key authors. But I'd say in terms of like, you know, listening, taking key ideas, putting information together. We do it all the time, even in conversation with other people, just this is quite a, a formalized way of doing it. So it is, it is something that is, is manageable. Yeah, yeah, you're sounding reassuring there, it is manageable. Yeah, it can be a, that. a bit daunting at the start, can't it, um, Kevin? What is kind of advice do you give students when they're thinking about starting um, a dissertation that literature review because I often find that students seem to think just get lots of information and just shove it on the page and there's no structure to it um you know what is your advice for students when they're thinking about putting that literature review together yeah I think you touched on it there straight away which is, is the notion of structure it's to be a researcher who is as you're researching trying to work out the structure of what you're presenting and, and really a you want to try and break a literature review up into kind of key themes, like kind of broad ideas that you're interested in or that are significant for, for what you want to go on and discuss later on in the, in, in the dissertation. And then even think about how they break up into paragraphs, right, individual points. And that's something you should be thinking of essentially as you undertake your research, because what you start to do is create a kind of a filter almost for your information so that when you're researching, you can start to pinpoint things which you think would fit in certain sections and certain paragraphs and start to rule out things which might not. If you don't have something like that, it's everything looks relevant and nothing looks mm. relevant and you kind of just go on an endless wander through the research and, and never actually end up writing it down, coming across lots of things but never really sure where they're going. So it's about, and I, I mean, making it sound simple but that to me is that is the hard part is deciding the structure and it's the same any piece of writing but a list of reviews it's most important and really what you're trying to decide is those key big themes almost like the pillars of your literature review and with a mind an eye on how you might break them up into smaller individual points um, and and, and the, the more you think of that at the early stages the more that you can get something which as you start writing is a discussion of ideas rather than just a discussion of individual sources you know a literature review shouldn't take one source for each paragraph and just give an overview of it that that's something different that's an annotated bibliography you know if you've only got one source in each of your paragraphs then you're not critically discussing the literature and that's the aim of what you want to do what you want to be taking is different ideas in each paragraph and really interrogating them across a broad range of sources and it's only through trying to work out some kind of structure as you're researching that that that, that, that comes out you know so I would I would just prioritize the notion of structure really as as your research mm. and that, that would be my my, my, yeah. my kind of do you piece think of Ben that's something that students struggle with a little bit is feeling like they've got the authority you know or the expertise to you know be critical in that literature review because I sometimes find students feel that oh I've, I can't have that voice but actually you do need a voice in a literature view and it needs to be heading in a direction as well. Yes, and and a big part of it is just because someone has letters by their name does not make them write all of the time. Um, <laughs> thank goodness. Um, I mean, that's that's one of the things you will immediately find when you start doing your literature review is that nobody agrees on anything. Um, you'll find papers where um, people have said one thing and then you'll find another paper where they found something else and that kind of thing. Um, so 
you can kind of balance that. I, I think you do sort of have to have that confidence in terms of um, being willing to 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 be critical and sort of um, find, you know, if you identify problems, be brave enough to point them out and that kind of thing. But the thing to remember is that your your approaching it is not your approach to it is not you saying. Um, you know, this is good, this is bad, that kind of thing. You're showing the reasons why, and that's ultimately what gives you the authority is the fact that you can back it up with that kind of thing. So you can say, for, for instance, um, you know, this study has some interesting findings, but they, they, the, the, the actual group of people that they looked into is very, very small. And so it's not necessarily as useful as it could be or something like that. Um, so it, it's about having that confidence, but also being able to, sort of justify your your decisions in terms of you know if you think something is is really important why do you think it's really really important and going through that that sort of logical process and in that way i think um often what ends up happening with literature reviews and one of the reasons why um structure is so important is because the shape of the evidence that you're working with sort of informs how the literature review ends up um being written so it's a case of if there's lots of stuff written on a certain topic, you'll probably dedicate quite a lot of time in the literature review to going through all of that kind of thing. If there's less um, information about certain things, you'll end up sort of dealing with that in smaller sections and that kind of thing. So um, the actual shape of the writing gets quite meaningfully affected by what goes into it in terms of the reading. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, was it something you wanted to say there, Kevin? I saw you were sort of indicating no no i'll just uh, just agree with, with, with what ben was saying and, and thinking you know that the i think that the other thing is just that you know thinking about all these things and the things that require more discussion um than others is that the hardest decision often is those things that you just can't can't include you know and sometimes mm -hmm. you'll be like looking at an idea thinking i i really want to discuss this but i've only got so many words and, and if you're thinking in that way that's quite that's the good way to be thinking if you're looking at your literature you're thinking i've done 500 words so i need another 3000 then that's to me more of a an alarm bell uh, than thinking oh, i've got these two ideas but i've only got so many words to include that and trying to weigh up really what what are the most relevant ones and, and you know the other thing that a literature review is not other than an anti-bibliography is a comprehensive um, overview of every piece of literature ever written in the field. You know, there will be yeah. things that you just can't get, you know, areas which you can't gauge with, sources which just don't make it in because you just don't don't have the words. And really, again, going back to a focus structure as you're, as you're planning it and researching it as a way to ensure that, you know, that's the, the point at which you make those difficult decisions so that the writing process then becomes about writing and thinking in this achieving this kind of critical discussion and this is where you go and visit all the podcasts about critical discussion what it means to be critical of ideas and of, of specific pieces of evidence and um, you know that's achieved then through having a good basis and a good structure in, in, in place as you research but really it's to my mind that the most difficult thing is what points i want to discuss right and that that should be the hardest thing you, that you puzzle over and you, you fret over but you know once you make those decisions it does make the writing process more straightforward and I guess that is the difficulty. It's the it's it's the pleasure and the difficulty of a dissertation is those decisions are down to you really. You're looking at certain information in a given time frame, and sometimes a snapshot in time. Really, you know, it's always. I know I've had students before where they're about to, you know, finish the literature review and some fantastic bit of research comes out, and they were like, "Oh, if I'd known, I could have done it all differently." And it's kind of like, well. You've got a decision to make. It's it's maybe too late, you know, yeah. to to get that in. 
Um, what, what kind of things do people, Caitlin, ask you about when they're concerned about the literature review? Because I know the library do get questions about the literature review. Mm, I think a lot of it kind of relates to what, what Kevin was mentioning there about, um, you know, having too much. And I think mm. people always go, oh, how do I know what not to include? Um, and it does come back definitely to having a sort of focused idea, you know, what what points am I looking to answer? And there will 100% be interesting things that you find articles that are really good, really interesting, but they won't make it into your final review because they don't really tackle the topic you're looking at. And to some extent, like the way you make your search can help with that. So you might have used kind of general library searches or general like Google Scholar searches, but for a dissertation and a literature review, you might be interested in looking at like um, specific subject databases. So for example, on nursing, we have one called CINAHL, business students have a big database called Emerald, and every sort of subject has its own database that is much more focused on their specific area, which can help. And there's sort of advanced searching you can do. So thinking like what Ben said about the different words that people might use to describe a topic. Um, and we can kind of link them together in a sort of advanced search uh, method, which we can talk through in the library, kind of how to explain it, how to put it together. And then what I usually recommend students do is when they're getting a list of results, people often go, I can't read that many results. Well, I, we don't expect you to. It's like when people Google, who goes past the second page of Google? Nobody, right? But what you do is you take a look at the title and the abstract and you think, okay, what, what point am I look, um, looking at? What's my kind of topic? And from the title and abstract, you should hopefully be able to gauge whether this is worth reading fully because otherwise you'll spend a lot of time reading, you know, 15, 20 pages and realizing actually that didn't really relate to my review in the way I thought it would. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've I've also seen issues where students think that if they just read, read lots of abstracts and then just mm. put that into the that's not that's not a literature review because no I have I'm reading the literature yeah I've been asked you know can I just read the abstract and not really like an abstract is a sort of mini overview of the the article but it doesn't really talk about like your, what you were mentioning Ben you know how many people were in the study or how did they do it so you can't really make a conclusion or a critique of an article just from the abstract but it should give you enough of an idea as to whether you want to go on to read the full article yeah, yeah. i mean I, I think it's a really good point just the the sort of everything is informed by what it is that you actually want to look at like what it is that you actually want to find out and the nice thing about the dissertation in particular is you do have some control over that so if you are you know in the process of say you've you've come up with your topic and you're doing your literature review and you just suddenly realize that even with all of the limitations in the world you still it's it you still got an overwhelming amount to read maybe it's time to think about honing the topic down slightly maybe talk to your supervisor and say look this is too broad. Can I narrow it down slightly? Could you narrow it down to a specific geographical location? Like I'm just going to look at Scotland, or I'm just going to look at a specific age range, or I'm just going to I'm going to narrow I'm going to take one element out of the search or something like that and and narrow it down that way. So sometimes the problem isn't just the literature; it's that your your topic can be maybe too big or too small or that kind of mm -hmm. thing. So think about calibrating that. But yeah, your your topic's at the absolute heart of everything. Try and work out what it is that you want to know, and then. Everything that you read should help you to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that the other thing is is not to lose sight of of, and this goes back to what Caitlin's saying, like why we're doing a literature review. Sometimes it can seem like it's just a big essay that sits in the middle of your dissertation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I need to do this so I can then go and do the rest of the stuff. But it's got to serve a purpose, which is to 
you know, is to establish the context for, for the discussion, what you're going to say, everything that's come before it, fit your research into the into the kind of web of research that's come before it, you know, and in that sense, the points that you're able to kind of draw out in your writing and your analysis of the literature should serve a purpose uh, going forward, right? They should look ahead to, so you might you might have a point where you, you, you find a kind of interesting point in the literature about some issue, you know, coming out in your topic area. That might be then if you've got questions, in your questionnaire, you might have a question about that topic. So what you can then do is relate your discussion, and we're jumping ahead to stuff about discussion things, but mm. relate your discussion back to, to what the literature said. So it's it's important that, that, you know, while it has this kind of clear structure and it is to some extent self-contained within a dissertation, it serves a purpose. There's no point in having a big massive discussion about a really interesting topic in a literature review, which has no relevance to what comes up, uh, you know, what you go and investigate in your in, in the subsequent uh, parts of your dissertation. So, I think it's important as well to 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 keep an eye on this notion of the the whole thing being connected. You know, and it's easy yeah. because you get individual deadlines to think of the different parts as being too distinct. And, and but you need to remember that it's all they're all part of that one kind of of universal whole, and that they should all serve a purpose within it. Yeah. So, for example, if you were doing some primary research. It should be evident from the literature review why you're then going on to do primary research, not that you just randomly decide to do some primary research. Yeah, I had it explained to me once as the knowledge gap. You're kind of figuring yeah. out what what do you know or what do people in this field know, but also what don't they know? You know what's not been looked into, or maybe something has been looked into but not with a specific methodology or something like that. So yeah, but yeah, to figure out like you see where where your work fits in in that kind of wider scope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and even yeah. stuff like the the method that you pick for your primary research and that kind of thing. Sometimes in literature reviews, you'll see people going, "Well, this method's been proven to be really effective at getting information about this." Like, you know, oh, interviews are really good for this, so that's why I've chosen to do an interview. You know, this has been that kind of thing. So sometimes even your literature review will link up to the methodology section mm -hmm. as well, because it's a case of I've been away, I've thought about what different methodologies might work, and the evidence suggests that this is the best one. And that's why I've chosen it. Yeah, and I think it's what Kevin said earlier, it's that idea of it connecting, it's all got to link together, really. I know sometimes when people are writing dissertations, it feels like they're all separate sections, but actually they've all got to knit together, they've all got to make sense. It still has to have a start, you know, a middle and an end, it has to have a sort of progression through it. Anything else that people, anyone wants to say just about... Yep. Before the only finish. other thing I'd say is just keep track of what you're reading, mm. right? You know, Absolutely. Uh, save your sources, get a good folder with all your PDFs in it. Get, you know, I was old school. I've spoken about it before, my little notebook, writing things down. But I think that, you know, just keep track of it because you read so much and, you know, it's so annoying when you read something, you think, oh, that looks great. And then you go to that. I mean, we've not talked about actually, you know, another thing is when you've got a good source, look at their reference list and you know, see if you can get, you know, yeah. you know, one sometimes a really good up to date source, look at that person's reference list, you can get another three or four or five good sources from it. Mm -hmm. But I know what used to happen to me was I would read it, I'd look at a source, it was relevant, I'd go straight to the reference list uh, and I'd read it and I'd connect another three or four sources. By the time I, you know, read something, I had forgotten where I started and I would spend another three hours trying to find remember that I could go source or, you know, going to a library and reading a book and, and then think remembering it but not writing the title down and then spending another day in the library looking for a green book on a mid-level shelf you know that I knew was somewhere in the library but just keep writing anything that you like anything that even is of any relevance write it down keep a note of it somewhere because it will you develop a really big library really quickly and it'll be really useful to, to go back to.
and also, um, oh, sorry, go ahead then. No, no, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, like, um, I mean, I did that for my own dissertation. I started my dissertation with a quotation, didn't write down where it came from, and I lost an entire day at the end trying yeah. to find where that quote came yeah. from, and it was just awful. And I guess when you're making those notes, I mean, in terms of managing your references, just make sure you differentiate between your own ideas and what you're reading, whether that's like, I don't know, highlighting it all in yellow or something, because you, it's like you say, Kevin, you're like, I'll remember when I come yeah. back that that's a direct quote and then you come back three weeks later and you're like did I, I write that or did someone it? else yeah. write that like you can't you can so just give yourself as much help as you can when you're writing those initial notes and initial records yeah, yeah. and it's it's quite a morale booster as well sometimes when you you're sort of a month or so in and you can look back and go I, I know when I was doing my undergrad dissertation I got to a point where I looked at the folder and I was like I've read a lot. Maybe I do know what I'm talking about. Maybe I'm not <laughs> yeah. completely, you know, I, I had that crisis of confidence. I was like, no, no, I did. I, I'm sure I did read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So actually keeping track of your progress can yeah. sort of show you how far you've come into the process, which is or, I, I used to get something what, as big of a station. I'd read, I was just getting the opposite. I used to get, I'd read, find a book and think this is great, start reading it and then be like, and not even remembering it and then realise after, like later on, I'd had a note of it from like three months ago that I'd already read that section. Yeah, you know? that's also easily done. You're like, this is familiar. Oh, that's why. This is great. I can't believe I've seen this. And then realise it was on like page two of my notepad, the first the thing I read in the first week. Yeah, so... Oh dear. So hopefully that's been some thoughts about the literature review. As we're sort of saying throughout these dissertation podcasts, very sort of general advice. Um, you know, your dissertation supervisor is who you should be, you know, talking to and making the most of that that relationship so that you're thinking about your topic in more depth and, and making those decisions. Um but a good literature review, you know, is really going to help set up the rest of your dissertation. So hopefully um, some of the things that we've mentioned today will just help you with thinking about that. Um, remember that there are dissertation appointments available for the library and also um, for academic skills where we can talk to you in a, in a bit more depth. And as always, we'd love your comments on the podcast. So if you found this useful, um, do let us know. And if there's a topic that you want us to have a blether about, then just drop a line to skills at uws.ac.uk. And thanks to everyone for taking part. Thanks again, Caitlin and um, Kevin and Ben. And thanks for listening. Bye.